Thanks for having me. This yes. is going to be fun. I love I know, the questions. So I love the questions you asked. I'm like, this is such good play. I'm having so much fun. Right? I even asked my mom this morning, what was my first word? Yeah. Because I don't know it. I told her I wasn't conscious enough. I have to ask my mommy. She said, well, it was probably dada. Yeah. I said, no, I've always been for women. I'm sure it was mama. <laughs> must have been. It yeah. must have been. She just doesn't remember, right? <laughs> exactly. It's that generational thing. Right. So fun. So fun. So obviously, uh, you are one of my dearest humans mm. in my life. Thank but you. tell others a little bit about Carolyn. Wow. Yeah. You can start where it feels like an interview question good to you. <laughs> where do you expect to be in five years? Right. Yes. This is your job interview. What about me? Well, I am a, the best version of me I've been so far, I think, in life, that except is... for maybe when I was a little kid. Yeah. Because I think what I'm doing is I'm taking the layers off, the layers that were my family layers and that mm -hmm. were my how to be a successful person and how to, yeah. you know, be make my family proud and sh prove my dad that just because you have all the money i can earn more money than you and all the things that i signed up all those pack things that we packed on yes, as exactly. expectations our whole entire lives yes. yeah so i'm unpeeling the layers and actually women's aha camp helps me do that because i've started playing with these different characters that are yeah. me yeah. And I named them. I named these aspects of me. And so started out with corporate Carolyn because I did spend 25 years in corporate America. Right. And because I grew up debating at the dinner table with my dad, I have a pretty good male style. I can interrupt anybody. <laughs> and I do. I can speak my opinion. I can disagree. I can do all the things that are not necessarily a mainstream part of the female culture. And I think you get that because I yeah, think you have these absolutely, skills too. Absolutely. Absolutely. So corporate Carolyn and then, you know, when I'm being corporate Carolyn, I'm also serious Sally. Yes. And she is so serious. I mean, she's serious. She's not necessarily that much fun to be around. Thank goodness Light Lucy came along. Right. And so Light Lucy has been with me for the last... Not that many years. Yeah. Honestly, not that many years. Not, not which, enough. Which shocks okay. me because it's definitely been as many years as I have known you, which is, yeah, well, three or four years? Because I, I was, four? you know, Serious Sally and Corporate Carolyn were just hard to live with. <laughs> so Light Lucy came along and then Fixie Philomena was introduced mm. last year. Yeah, I noticed that I'm, mm. I'm a fixer. Probably goes along with Serious Sally and Light Lucy, or not Light Lucy. Fixie right. is not Light Lucy. No. Um, so I have two new gals that I'm introducing this year. Yes. And, and what's fun about these, once I acknowledge these parts of me, whatever they are, right. I can lighten up about them when they show up. Because the truth is, all sides of, of me serve me. Oh, yeah. For I think sure. that's true of all of us. And yet it's so tempting to say, oh, that's the horrible part of me. It's like, well, you know, when you want to get something done, like when I'm producing camp, what I realized is Serious Sally is the woman who produces camp. If there was no Serious Sally, if all we had was Light Lucy, because Light Lucy attends camp. She's yes. the one who's there with all right. the women. Right. Serious Sally, though, has set the whole thing up. This is why Light Lucy can come to camp, because Serious Sally's done all the work. Right. So I think that if we acknowledge our different sides of us and what they bring us, because all of them are for us. So anyway, you asked... Carolyn, I, I'm still discovering me and reclaiming parts of me. So fascinating that I have cast aside because I didn't, I didn't like 
those parts. Right. Absolutely. I, I was on my 30-year wedding anniversary. I have a lovely husband. Yes. We adore each other. Yeah. We decided to go away for three weeks. We decided the best thing we could do for our anniversary was spend time together. And we yeah. wanted to be together, not busy and with other people. So we went to the ocean. Yeah. And we were hanging out in a little teeny house on a cliff, staring at the ocean. And I'll never forget, we're on this walk, and I asked, oh, can I hold this for you? He was fiddling with something, I don't know, his coffee mug or whatever, and he said no. However, helpful Heloise had come <laughs> on the walk. And, you know, I, did, I, don't, I didn't have a helpful Heloise before that moment. I right. had kind of a pissy me, thinking, I'm just here helping you, and you're not appreciating me, and all those things. So later, when so, I realized there's an overreaction, yes. I'm like, okay, what just went on there? Yeah. Oh, not everybody wants helpful Heloise's help. Right. And when right. someone says no, they actually mean it, <laughs> Heloise. So anyway. Uh, I love that. It yeah. is such an amazing approach to be able to look at yourself in a completely different way than just, is this a positive or is this a negative? Right. Like there's so much dimension once you name it it right. all you know that then that becomes a a part a personality which you can recognize has so many more dimensions than just positive or negative right and i love alliteration so it's always helpful heloise fixie philomena and right. i seem to like these like i have a new gal um victoria victim oh mm -hmm. that is a thread if you're really asking who carolyn is this victoria victim thread I dress it up so that it's a little disguised and no one would see it. However, it is a long-term life thing. Mm -hmm. And it really comes down to, is life happening to me or for me? Agreed. And Victoria victim can come in and just feel like this isn't fair, it's not right. Anyway, so I seem to like old-fashioned names. I'm bringing yeah. in like Philomena and Heloise and Victoria and these yeah. older names, yeah. except for Sally and Lucy. Right. right. However, I seem to be on an old-fashioned naming bent right now. So yeah. it helps me be, you know, Light Lucy helps me name these people. <laughs> these people that are me. Do I sound schizophrenic? Is that no, <laughs> no, starting to sound not, a, not at all. <laughs> I think that's a very different tangent we could go down for sure. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love that. I love that. I mean, I I know so so many different things about you, mm. um, and and some of those different facets, but. Um, I definitely want you to share about camp. I know you've already mentioned mm -hmm. it once, but um, I would love for you to talk more about what that is, how it got started, where you're at with it today, and what it means to you. Oh, let me start at the end. Okay. It's my 10-year camp anniversary. <gasps> ah! I know, and what I decided was I am celebrating this. Yeah. You know, for the business owners that follow you, and I'm sure you have a lot of them, it's a big deal. Yeah. And it's so easy to go past the milestones and say, well, I'll celebrate it for the campers. I thought, no, I'm celebrating it for me. Yeah. And the campers can come along. Yeah. So I, <laughs> what happened is I set that intention. And I don't know whether you talk about intentions. I have a dear friend, you know her, Sherry Chatterton. She's yeah. very big on intention setting. Yeah. She does it as a practice in the morning. What is my intention? I am not that regulated with it. However, sure. I decided I am going to celebrate camp. I'm going to celebrate me and this 
10 years of camp and we will we'll get to camp. The fun thing is though, that be careful when you set an intention. Yeah. Because the answer, I believe the answer is always yes. And then it comes down to, am I willing to receive? Mm-hmm. Even if it doesn't look like what I thought it would look like. Right. Which can be a huge challenge. Yes. And that hit me at the beginning of 2020, the very start, the first real business week of 2020. Yeah. I had some shocking news about camp that was so shocking that I, I was raging. Like I was raging with the universe, spirit, God, whatever you want to label it. Right. I went ahead driving in my car, dropping all sorts of language that I wouldn't use and, and screaming, saying, fix, you fix this and you send me signs because you know this isn't right because you know it's my 10 year anniversary and I'm celebrating it. <laughs> what was unfolding that I did not understand was upgrading camp. Oh. So the big upgrade is I've moved camp to on the lake in McCall. Like now camp has an espresso bar. Like, a co- I know, queen of coffee. You right. have to get your coffee before it's we important. got here. It is right down the hall. Like they have this menu of all these drinks. And I looked, I'm like, seriously, is this open? And they said, yeah, when do you want it open? I'm like, oh, all the time. Exactly. <laughs> so campfire is going to be right on the, the lakeshore, on, right on the oh, beach. Gosh. I know. I'm so excited. They're going to so, be so thrilled. Uh, we're back to having laundry service. So you don't need to bring any of your stuff to camp, you can have towels and sheets and blankets and pillows, and then you walk away, no extra laundry. Mm-hmm. So I'm having a lot of fun rolling that out. What is camp though? We probably should get right. to that. Yes, um, you should. And how did it start? You know, it's like so many things. It started with me noticing something that really bugged me. And I think as we all are wondering, what am I here to do? I think we ought to pay attention oftentimes to what, what bothers you. Right. What bothered me, and it was a simple little thing, I was with a girlfriend, I was on the lake in McCall, showing her around the lake, and I pointed out the Girl Scout property and said, oh, that's the Girl Scout camp. It's the most stunning property on this lake. Yeah. Which brought up a conversation about camp. She said, oh, I never went to camp as a kid. Single mom, just didn't have the money, and it kind of broke my heart for her. Sure. Because I started thinking about, well, when we're a little kid, when you're seven and eight and 10, you're not responsible for your parents' finances, and yet sure. your parents' financial situation and their life situation has a huge impact on your life. Absolutely. And it, I thought, that's it. She missed it. Like that. She, she just didn't get to go to camp. She'll never get to go to camp. And it kind of broke my... I'm getting teary. It broke yeah. my heart for her, truly. Yeah. And I was already doing women's retreats, and I thought, well, wait, you know, that camp thing was fun. Yeah. I accidentally yeah. won a trip to camp when I was six by selling Campfire Girl candy. If you remember Thin Mints, they were the thing. Well, the truth is my dad bought a case and gave it to all his clients. However, I didn't know I love that, it. right? I love that it. probably, my dad won me a trip. He probably wanted a break. Yeah, like, how many parents did that? <laughs> how many does it take to get this child to camp? So anyway, I won a trip to camp. Love camp. Yeah. Went from first grade to sixth grade. And then you stop going. Right, life gets right. busier. Yeah. Right. That's for the young. Or you have camps specifically for basketball or volleyball, like whatever your sports camp specializing, or yeah, or math camp, a band camp, like literally all the things. Yeah. Well, they didn't have all those camps. I'm a little older than you. They didn't have all those camps back then. If you were a Girl Scout (laughs) or you were a campfire girl, you had a camp. Otherwise, there was church camp. Always church camp. Yes. 
church so camp. I that thought, was that was the camp that I went to. Did you? Church camp. That's the only kind I know. Yeah. So, I mean, aside, aside from yours. There you go. Yes. Well, mine isn't churchy. No. Um, because I want it to be open. So I decided to reclaim camp for women. I started looking into it. Yeah. There are no... You have to be doing something. Scrapbook camp, yoga camp, meditation camp. Like, you're right. right. There are these retreats. However, just camp for fun, right? Like, we're going to have fun. We're going to do activities. We're going to hang out at the beach. We're going to have art, which I don't like art. You know this. I know this about you. Because <laughs> I'm not arty. I mean, you know, I'm arty with words. I'm not arty with, like, paper and pen. I'm the stick person person. Right. So I'm perfect for the art gal because if I can do it, anybody can do it. And she makes my stuff look amazing. Yeah. I mean, I do. I've learned to copy the other campers. <laughs> I just look on what they're doing. I'm like, oh, that's a good idea. Right. I probably copied you when you were at camp. Oh, maybe. <laughs> so it's kind of fun for me to hear other people though talk about camp. So you tell me what was your experience of camp? Oh, my experience of camp ha was very interesting. Yeah, that's right. I'm like, I'm so glad. My, my experience of camp was uh, very interesting. Yeah. Um, it's I definitely unique. And everyone's yes. is. However, yours is, of course, this is you. Yeah. It's unique on the unique scale. Absolutely. So it... Um, it was something that, that was definitely outside of my comfort zone. I really wasn't even sure what exactly to expect when I came to camp Nobody at is. all. Um, but I knew that I'm totally a bunk bed girl. I'll take the top. Um, it's fine. <laughs> I like so, top bunks too. Right? So I just thought, this will be fun. It'll just be a whole bunch of women. Some I'll know, some I won't. Um, and, and get to go up there. I knew that... that uh, one of the things that you do at camp each year is some kind of a challenge to get people. Yeah. Ropes course, yeah. challenge course, yep. yes. Something out of their comfort zone. Thank you. Not in the zone of terror. No. Nope. Which people think like it's all about dare. It's not. No. Like for some people, putting one foot on a ladder and that's it. Right. That is out of a comfort zone and they have achieved something huge. Yes. For others, if they're very athletic or they've done a lot of things, then it takes a little more for them to get out of the comfort zone. Because when we're comfy, we're not growing and there is Agreed. you know it is called women's aha camp but the whole idea is that you'll have some ahas yes which some i know you transformation. did i did i did so um i ended up uh spending quite a bit of time coloring um colored well into the night um so right. by you myself were up at the lodge and, like yeah. at midnight like, still coloring it was like 1 30 in yeah. the morning by the time yeah. i finally went to bed um, so I got a very, you know, I think I had a very unique experience from anyone else. Um, a lot of the things that, that go on were definitely something that I was like, I just, I just can't go there. This is not for me. Um, I will never participate in laughing yoga. Um, oh, yeah. I just, <laughs> I, yoga. You know, I what? just I couldn't have to say, do it. I literally was so almost funny. mad about it. I'm like, <laughs> I am so not going to laugh. You know what? It, it was so dumb. I mean, because you fake laughing until right. you start laughing. Right. And actually, I found that it worked. I mean, because I'm sitting there going, oh my gosh, so tedious. How are the women doing? Is this going to be okay? Because right. even I don't know some of these sessions. I mean, I, I do bring in facilitators and I preview what people are going to do because yeah. I have a certain quality standard. I believe in experiential learning. So camp is completely Absolutely. experiential. There are no PowerPoints. No one's going to give a lecture. Right. My, I couldn't find someone at that time who did laugh yoga in the U.S. So I actually brought a gal from Canada down yeah. to teach laugh yoga. Right. So I had never been through a laugh yoga session <laughs> and I found myself in hysterics 
because it was so dorky and because everybody else was so funny the way they were laughing that I actually had times of genuine just full out laughing. It was weird though. I'm going to admit it. It it was was, weird. It was very weird. I think part of... I haven't really taken it on as my life practice. Although I have been a couple more times too because now we have some people in the Treasure Valley who do it. Yeah. Shelly Howell does laugh. Oh, nice. Nice. Um, Yeah, I think my... Uh, my experience, I have a really hard time with things that aren't genuine. Um, and so I, I don't know how I would feel about it now. That's all, That was like three years ago mm. um, that I went through that. So I may have a little bit different perspective now as we learn and grow. Um, but it felt, because you are fake laughing, it felt very fake and felt like I was not being authentic you in are. that moment. And I literally had to leave the room. Except that's perfect. Yeah. I mean, as you know, one of my big things is I give per- people permission. I give the campers yeah. permission. And it goes like this, Carolyn said. So, because you're supposed to be following what mm-hmm. is striking to you. And I would think it would be very powerful for you to understand in your life, when inauthenticity exists, it doesn't serve me. Right. And I am not a match for that whether it's in your personal relationships, your business relationships, the work that you're bringing to the world, the minute you notice inauthenticity for you, you're out. And that yeah. you left was perfect. Yeah, yeah. It just, I had to. And I went and exercised, which Which is, is you. Is my it's thing. so you, I know. I see all these posts, I'm like, bless her. How does she do that? How does she do that every day? Right. I love it. It's yeah. The happy. other thing I remember you and I talked about, I remember you called me a year after you had gone to camp and you said, I finally get what it is. And I love that because yeah. that meant that camp was with you for a whole year. Oh, as you were and, working and then through. some, and then some. And not to reveal anything you wouldn't want to share. Basically there's we believe in a lot of downtime, Mm -hmm. a lot of self-care time. And that self-care time is where you have this permission to do exactly what you want to do. Yeah. If your friend wants to go on a hike, maybe you don't. And yet in the female culture, we're like, oh, you know what? Last week she brought me that nice little package of tea when I wasn't feeling, so I have to go on a walk with her. It's that. That give and take. Yes, exactly. And so we do what we are. Who gave last? Right. Because I need to match that. And all that goes away at camp is my intention for women to really have some time where you are asking yourself, what do I feel like? And if it's a nap, which we're all exhausted, so I'm really big on go take a nap. um, You had said, you know what? It's the downtime. It's all that downtime because you are an extraordinarily productive, (laughs) busy person. And so that would be a a huge mismatch for how you normally spend your time. Right. It's a mismatch for most women, quite honestly. I mean, I don't put out the schedule for camp because I know what women would do. Right. Be like, oh, I could do a podcast on the side with so-and-so because she's going to be at camp. And you know what? I'll do this call and I'll just bring some work. And we're so used to filling every moment because we live big lives. Absolutely. Absolutely. Camp is about downtime, though. It's really about rejuvenation. And my idea for it truly is to improve women's lives. With one, if they take one thing away that improves their lives, and I don't care what it is, it could be like you, like, ooh, downtime. I struggle with that. Or it could be, hey, I don't spend any time outside, and it was really powerful for me to be outside. I'm gonna spend some more time outside. Mm-hmm. Or there was something we served for dinner that my family would love. Yeah. I, it, 
it really doesn't matter. There's no formula like this is the camp and this is what you must get from it. And then I'm going to hold you accountable to that. Right. I'm serious. Sally ran the first couple of camps and she actually might have done that. However, lightly, she's like, hey, like I had a camper this leave. Isn't calm. This isn't fun camp. <laughs> I had a camper leave on a Saturday. We end on Sunday. She had brought a friend. The friend came to me distraught. Oh my gosh, she's left. This camper didn't mention to me that she was leaving. And so what I said to the woman is, you know, you need to trust that she's in the perfect place for her. Mm-hmm. Of course, I had a little wonderment about what had gone on. Was she okay? And after camp, I followed up with her. Here's what happened. She had such a big idea about her life. She could not wait till Sunday to get home. She went home, talked to her husband. They decided to sell everything, move, go across. I mean, it was so huge. And here we tend to make up that it's this horrible thing. Right. Yeah. When it wasn't at all. It was exactly what she needed. Exactly. So I, over the years, I've learned to trust. That's awesome. That is awesome. Mm-hmm. So I know uh, we've talked a lot about camp. What yes. else do you have going on in your crazy, awesome life? Okay, opposite extreme. Yes. Completely opposite. I'm going to own that. Shift gears. Completely, because it doesn't go with camp at all. <laughs> like at all. I'm having silent retreats come back up. Interesting. There is a woman who is a state legislator, and I was down at our legislature recently. I went home that night with gratitude that that is not my call. <laughs> I don't know how they do it. And yet I'm the first one to say women need more representation. We need Absolutely. female females representing females because I think they're connected mm-hmm. to women in a different way and maybe understand issues in a different way and bring a perspective like all diversity. Sure. Anyway, I'm doing a silent retreat specifically for her. I mean, I will open it up. I, it's a small group. That's a different thing. It's no more than five people. Yeah. And people who know me are like, can you be silent? Is this yeah, possible? Do you even know how to do that? <laughs> In fact, those of us that are, the more out there you are, the more profound silence is. Mm. So it's, I started my silent retreat years ago. They were an overnight thing, 24 hours of silence. Typically silence is a three day entry, which is, can be intense for someone yeah. who's not been in silence at all. So I went from 24 hours, which was still scary. People are like, I'm coming. I don't know. I'm kind of like campers. Right. I'm, I'm, I want to come, but I don't, don't want to come. Why? Here's the thing. If someone is intrigued with silence or called to silence, there's something there for them. And it may not be what they think. They might sure. think, oh, I'm going to get an answer to my business issue, or I'm going to get an answer to whether I'm going to stay in this relationship or not. Does that may not. That yes, I tell them, you might think you're here for one reason. That might have been what got you in the door. Right. Uh, you're wise inner self your inner there's something here for you and i don't know what it is sure and you may not know what it is so now it's eight hours i do an eight hours of silence interesting i found it's enough you know Mm -hmm. when i told you i had that big hiccup at the beginning of the year the next day i put myself in silence for the day yeah so question in that silence can you do just not speak like, how does that, what does yeah. that really look like? Right. I mean, because all of us can be <laughs> home alone and go, well, I was silent today. I didn't exactly. Talk to exactly. No, I, I suggest, I have some suggestions. There's no right way. Sure. At least when you're doing it with me, there's no right way to do a silent retreat. What I suggest though, is that you, not only are you physically not speaking, you're also slowing down. Which isn't to say, come and meditate. People are like, oh, I'm going to learn to meditate. I'm like, no, if you don't meditate, don't come to the silent retreat and learn to meditate. And right. who could meditate for that long anyway? Yeah. That would be a meditation retreat. Right. 
if that's something you do though and you feel drawn to do it while you're in science silence do it sure. i recommend a nap because yeah. we're all exhausted so even though you think oh i only have eight hours i, I couldn't possibly nap nap right I promise you eight's plenty of time so it's a quieting of your voice it's a quieting of your physical activity it's interesting how you sit down in silence i recommend staring out the window yeah you know when you're kids and you just kind of stare at something yeah. you're not thinking about anything like do some of that. We lose that sometimes as we yeah. age. Like, who has time to sit and stare at nothing and have no thoughts? Fascinating. Um, Sign me up. I'm in. And then the other thing is, it's pretty easy to know, like, oh, mm, my coffee's getting cold. Let me go get some more. Oh, now I need a tissue. You know, f interrupting ourselves physically sure. by, <laughs> let me get out of my chair and move. Which is not to say you're stuck in one space for forever. However, I recommend noticing. Notice how you interrupt yourself. Mm -hmm. Or let's say when I'm on my way to get my refill of coffee, I notice there are tears streaming down your face. Oh, let me get Wendy a Kleenex. Yeah. And I say, don't do that. You right. don't know what those tears are about. She's having her perfect experience and she is perfectly capable of getting her own Kleenex right. if that's what she needs. So we even use others to interrupt ourselves and our yeah. lives and really giving ourselves a moment. Because I promise you, if you slow down your thoughts and your speech and just you. Yeah. Our answers are there. They are right. They're waiting for us. Right. So it's so, I love silence. I put myself in it several times a year. Interesting. Yeah. The other thing that seems to be heating up, well, two things. It's weird because what I decided was, you know what? I have all these things, just like you. I have all these yeah. things and I'm always thinking what more could be done, right? right? My corporate Carolyn's like, well, you haven't maximized the revenue potential of this, you know? <laughs> So like Lucy said, listen. <laughs> right, back off, lady. Camp seems to be what we're doing, and we're having fun with that. So let's right. just go with that. I'm like, you know, the rest will either unfold or it won't. Next thing you know, I've scheduled a silent retreat. I just had someone send me a text yesterday asking for 10 of my books. I sold six books last week. I haven't sold books in, I don't know, a year or two. I mean, I, every year I fill so out my funny. tax, and I have zero because I haven't, because I, <laughs> I wasn't out to be an author. Right. Anyway, this book, He's not your girlfriend. Which I love. I started reading it the other, yesterday, because she, I thought there was something in there. I actually hadn't put this exercise in there because I used to do workshops on it. Yeah. It's called AHAs with Love, and it's a great, it's an acronym actually for doing some work with someone that you're upset with or they're upset with you, and how to do that in a, a way where you're expressing truly what's in your heart and yeah. you're owning your part of it too. Yeah. Because even though my going is like, it's never my fault. It's all you. You have a problem and I have a problem with you. It's not really that. So I started flipping through the book. I started rereading it. I, I told myself I'd never read that book after I got through editing it like a hundred million times. Oh my gosh. I'm just sort of delighted. I put it in my bag to go with me. You're like, this is I'm such a great material. I know. Like, did I write that? Wow. Am I, am I practicing it? I love it? you so much. Oh my God. Wow, my husband would probably really enjoy it if I actually use this on him. <laughs> I do, although, you know, as humans, that's the thing. We're not machines. It's not like right. we just onboard it in our memory and then that's and then done. Good that, to go. that program's there. I'm working right. from that. So I'm looking forward to rediscovering that content. I'm not sure why it's up. I'm thinking maybe I'll take it to camp this year for 10 Ooh, years. Ooh, that you know, could be fun. It could be fun, right? Yes. And then the other thing that I've, it's in my heart and I've, been working on it for years, and that is this genetic trait that is in 20% of the population. Now, if you just step back from that, aside right. from gender, 
That is the largest group of diversity that we have. And this is in the global population. It's in the animal population. Wow. It's a genetic trait that no one knows about. Right. That really changes how someone is in the world. And people who have this trait, they know something's different about them. And over a lifetime of feeling different and having the world not quite work the way they do, the most common thing they say when they find out they have it is, I just thought something was wrong with me. I just thought I was broken. And this is wow. not this trait. You know, the scientists looked at it and said, why do we have it? Why hasn't it evolved out? And they've said, it's a save the species trait. So here are these human beings who are here as a group to save the species because the way they work is a little different. And yet that's not how they're feeling. In this culture, I have right, to, in North right. America, if they were in Asia, this would be very valued. The scientific name is sensory processing sensitivity. Huh. And the, street, the same scientist who named that, sadly later there became this thing called sensory processing disorder. Right. People are very familiar with the disorder. The minute you say sensory processing, if they have any familiarity, they immediately go to disorder. disorder. Pretty soon you've got a disorder. And this is not a disorder. No matter how much I say it, I had a meeting with Hewlett Packard Inc. We were so excited. We're going to bring this to Hewlett Packard. We got on the phone call and, and we're getting introduced to the team. They brought the disabilities team on the phone. Like, ah, Wrong this team. is not a disability. These are the employees who actually because part of the trait has to do with a deeper processing in the brain yeah. and taking in more information. So they have more dots and then there's a background computer going 24 seven. Right. So they see different things. They spot things before others do, both opportunities and problems. These are the ones who have the competitive strategic ideas for the yes. company. These yeah. are not the disability people. Right. I'm not saying they don't have great ideas or even competitive ideas. I'm just saying this group is the group. This group is the group of people who will find unique problem solving solutions for the world, yeah. for the world. So um, I, by the way, have coined the term highly wired, highly yeah. wired humans. Yes. Uh, because the street name that the scientists gave this equally as troubling is highly sensitive person. Yeah. And if you're a man, it's very hard to have this trait in North America and be a man with it. And right. then you're going to say, yes, well, I'm a highly sensitive person. And if right. you know anything about the male culture. Your masculinity. Oh, I you know, I grew up with brothers. And that would have oh. been a point of heckling, as my mom used to call it, for a lifetime. Yeah. Oh, you're highly sensitive. I mean, I could just hear my brothers. It, it wouldn't yeah. work out. So I think highly wired humans really honors what this is about. So we've been for looking, focusing on companies. Uh, remember we were in with Micron yeah, and they said, oh my gosh, you're describing Phil. Phil is an engineer. He's in here every week with 15 new ideas, yeah. five of which are really viable. One time Phil came in and he said, we have a problem. Phil described this problem. We all said, oh, it's just Phil, right? Two years later, two years later, every single thing that Phil had outlined was a problem they had with that product. Wow. They ignored Phil. So at their detriment, and yet what I has come to me, and when I said, let's just do camp, I said, I recently realized, you know what? In this country, we're struggling to have women paid what men are paid in yeah. the same job and companies, and we're struggling to have women in management. Yeah. I just ran across a study, because you know I'm pro-woman. Oh, yes. I ran across a study, it was done in 2019 by McKenzie, very highly mm -hmm. acclaimed group of consultants, and they worked with Lean In. Yes. You might know Cheryl yes. Sanborn's Lean In book. They did a 2019 study, 
And here's what they recognize. First of all, you need to know that for the past 30 years, we have graduated more females than males from college. So the idea for that 30 for 30 years? years, so we've been saying, well, there just aren't enough women. That's why the women aren't. Well, that, that excuse wrong. has gone away, right? Yeah. And then they say, well, the women leave. And we all go, well, that makes sense because, you know, babies. Except for what they know from studying is they don't leave at any faster rate than men do. So that's wrong too. What they found is that women aren't getting promoted into the first management levels. And because of that, because of that rate, they can never catch up. Right. If you're a, <clears throat> so if you're a white woman, it's at, it's at seven women for every 10 men. If you are an African-American woman, it's like 58%. I mean, it, it's just sad. And Latina, Latinas yes. are in between. So what they said is for the next five years, if we promoted women and men at the equal rate, at the first level management, we would put one million more women into a position wow. to advance. So you see, if companies haven't even figured out that basic thing, because the other part of this study showed definitively, and other studies have too, that companies that have women in their management teams, their senior management teams, and in their board of directors outperform financially companies that don't. So there's a real reason. You don't even have to like women. It's just like, you know what, I want I want what you bring the company because yeah. companies are about revenue generation Absolutely. and profit. So they have to have the women. And if they're not solving that, guess what? My little highly wired humans thing, which isn't little, however, it's littler than gender because gender is a 50-50 gig. Yeah, totally. Um, it, so we have some other... They have other fish to fry before they're going to get to this. Yeah. So I can see that that's kind of changing nature. Maybe I'm due to work with the people and not going to companies. You know, being at the legislature and realizing that it's like a Titanic that doesn't even move. I know. Just a millimeter. And companies are like that too. I'm more of a, I like people to come to camp and immediately get something yes. for their lives, right? Yeah. You, you're in a you're... silent retreat and you immediately leave there with so much wisdom, so many gems. When I do a presentation on highly wired human, I had a man come up to me. I mean, the light bulbs go off and people go, oh my gosh, it makes so much sense. Yeah. And he starts talking about his different parts of his life. And it is, as the scientist, a female scientist discovered this trait, Dr. Elaine Aaron, as she said, it is a permanent self-esteem boost. For sure. For to sure. understand I'm not broken. In fact, not only am I not broken, like I just thought everybody else saw what I saw. And it's so obvious that one of the big hiccups is that people who are highly wired don't communicate from point A to point Z. It's so obvious to them because they've got all the dots between A and Z. So they just start on X, Y, and then they're at Z. And people right. look at them like, what are you doing? The engineer, Phil, what are you talking about? Yeah. Like that makes no sense because really there is a skill to understanding that everybody else has a different lens and they don't have all your dots. So you actually have to walk them through your stuff. And when they don't do that, even their best ideas are turned down. Their warnings are turned down. Right. And a lifetime of that can be very discouraging. The research shows they get to their 50s and they finally say, forget it. I'm just going to do it my way. I'm just so tired of the other way. Right. Many of people who are highly wired humans they start businesses. So if you have entrepreneurs following you, many of them may right. may have this trade and not know it. Right. Because yeah. they can see something. They can see a need in the, in people that others can't yet see. And they're like, don't, 
I don't understand. Why hasn't anyone addressed this before? They, when there's a deep empathy, yeah. if you're a strength finders person, I have never run across a highly wired human that doesn't have empathy as one of their top five strengths. Interesting. They have the ability to pick up on moods in a room. They go into a conference room and they'll say, "Okay, this person's angry. I don't know why." This, you know, so they can pick up on this. They don't. Oftentimes, they don't know why they know something. They just know it. Right. It's because they've been taking in this information. It's been processing in this deeper area of their brain. They have the most sensitive nervous systems. There are five different types of nervous systems. Pavlov, you know, Pavlov of the yes. dogs, yes. discovered this, and they have the most sensitive. That's what allows, they've got this great equipment to pick up on everything. The downside is it can overwhelm, like yeah. too much arousal for anyone. You know, we all have an optimum level of arousal. I had a great time talking to you. I mean, yeah. this must be what it's like to be Oprah. I'll just pick somebody, bring them in, we'll have a little chat, Steve. Right. Then you'll go on your way, I'll throw that out in the world, and I'm done. Right. Things that come to us easily, though, there's a, just as the thing I told you that it bugged me, that yeah. my friend didn't go to camp, and that bugged me, and that kind of was like a, you know, sand in the shoe. Yeah. The things that come to us so easily, it's like breathing, that's that's the stuff. That's the opposite side of the yes. same coin, right? Yes. So you're on to something for you. I hope so. What do you call this? So this is called My Whim Life. It's a show about oh. spreading wisdom, humor, inspiration, and motivation. Oh, I like it. That's yes. so good. Yes. It's so whimsical. Exactly. I mean, oh my goodness. It's fun yes. and important and... Yes, all the things. You've got this studio, it's gorgeous. Thank you. Thanks Thank for you. having me. This Thank has you. been really a joy. Yeah. I'm so happy I came to do this. Me too. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in to the My Whim Life show today. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a moment of the goodness coming up.